You're listening to Living with Louie. Well, hello, folks, and welcome back to uh, this week's edition of Living with Louie. And this week, I uh, I picked a topic that um, is probably one of the things that uh, is one of the most difficult, I think, uh, decisions to make um, when you're living with uh, with Louie Body. I I think it's probably one of the things that we hold uh, near and dear to our heart as far as our independence is concerned. And, uh, and that is driving. And, uh, and, and when is it time to, um, to real, when is it time to say, no, I, I don't think I should be driving anymore. And, give that, uh, give that up. I'll give you a little bit of background on myself. Uh, I spent a great deal of, uh, of time during my career, uh, teaching defensive driving, teaching, um, how to avoid aggressive driving and aggressive behaviors on the road. Uh, I worked with uh, with drivers of transit systems on how to how to handle um, passengers uh, and especially medical transport passengers. So I, I have a little bit of experience in this, and um, I will say that uh, I saw. Um, one post uh, that 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 I thought was uh, I don't know in my opinion it was uh, it was a little bit disturbing where a woman said that uh, she wasn't going to give up her independence she wasn't going to give up driving even though she had uh, several dents in her car that she doesn't even know where they came from and um, and she also transports around other people uh, that, um, that have decided to give up driving and in an effort to try to be, uh, hospitable to uh, some of these folks, she continues to drive and continues to transport them. And she was questioning whether or not she should still be driving. One of the best pieces of advice that I saw that people gave her was, uh, some gentleman uh, responded back saying, well, you know, when your loved ones tell you uh, that uh, you shouldn't be driving, um, that's probably when you shouldn't be driving. Um, I myself, um, I, I, I know that my, my Louis body is in a moderate state and I've been driving on occasions, uh, rare occasions. I can usually tell within a, within a matter of minutes as, as to whether or not, um, my mental fog and, and whatnot is, is okay. And that, that, that it's a okay decision to be driving at that particular moment. Um, 
I had a discussion though with my with my therapist, and they were like, "Well, yeah, that, so far we feel like you uh, you you do a pretty good job of of saying, okay, I'm not going to drive today because I'm just not a hundred percent." And then one of them threw the thought at me that, you know, okay, so right now you can you can make um, a logical uh, choice as to whether to drive or not. However, what happens when your reasoning goes by the wayside enough that you you can't. Um, really make that uh, decision um and my response to that was well i guess when i give it up uh, my wife just gonna have to try probably take the keys and but um there's a, a number of things that that i that that go into um driving and for me um, I always have a lot of trouble in public with spatial awareness, people being in my peripheral shadows, if you will, and being too close to me and me not being able to process what's going on. And when I'm riding in a car, I'm not always processing how far something is, how urgent something is. And I tend to overreact and, um, you know, being over uh stimulated is a <laughs> is a form of impaired driving and uh so for for me um i'm right uh, right at that right at the point where i think that i'm going to have to uh give this up because uh, it's um it is becoming more challenging and the one thing that I don't ever want to do is I don't ever want to go out here and hurt someone um, or myself. But uh, I certainly don't want to uh, hurt someone in a manner that, uh, um, well, in any manner, it doesn't, I mean, it's, uh, I don't really want to, to hurt anyone else. Uh, I have, a, a thing here that says that, uh, uh, that this gentleman has a circle of care. Uh, it's a few of his, uh, trusted friends and they have made an agreement with him to, uh, help him as he words it, hold up a mirror to help him to recognize that when his abilities have changed. And when he may be lacking the capacity to make a wise de decisions and to flag such activities as driving, um, if it's no longer safe for him to be on the road. I know that for my safety, um, my wife removed uh, the weapons from the house and uh, that's okay. She did it because she loves me. And I think that uh, she knows that when I give up driving, it's going to be because 
I love her and I don't want her stressing over whether or not uh, I'm okay. Um, that's not fair either. Um, but um, as this progresses, it it does, uh, you know, when you give up driving, you give up the your control over your social interactions, your social ties. Um, a aging by itself brings on its own set of problems. Um, but uh, the um, loss of mobility, vision, um, the, these things, the, the, including hearing, I guess, can be obstacles. So, so that um, you can lack uh, um, the ability to make a uh, a clear decision on whether or not you should be continuing to drive. So um, <clears throat> there's. Uh, I will say this, that here in the United States, uh, there's a drastic lack of um, transportation that where you can, like for instance, in Europe, a lot of places in Europe, you can get on a train and go just about anywhere. Um, you can't here in the United States. And I would like to see that, um, that hopefully change in the future, but, uh, at this point, you you really are. Um, we've all we've all become reliant on that uh, jump in there, turn the key, and go. Uh, but um, I think that um, understanding that living with dementia can add another layer of difficulty to me performing um, the multiple tasks that you have to when you're driving. Uh, Quite frankly, um, it's like you're juggling these balls and which one are you going to miss? Which one's going to hit the ground? Um, so, you know, I think that it's a very personal decision for a lot of people, but I think that you need to... Um, you need to listen to what your loved one's observations are, I think. Um, I've read stories where people get lost while they're driving. That hasn't happened to me. So I'm, I'm glad that that's, uh, that that's not something that has uh, happened. Uh, I know that there are also um, some states that um that offer um independent driving evaluations for folks in the early stages of dementia to find out whether or not um you're still cognitively um aware enough and alert enough to um to continue driving uh, and some of these are done by private companies and some of them are actually sponsored by the state motor vehicle. I'm not hundred percent sure 
where that is in uh, in Maryland, where I live. But um, at any rate, I think that uh, I I gave up riding a motorcycle um, because of balance issues and feeling like I was out of balance when I like when I'm stopped and things and and uh, and just it was time I knew that it was it was time for me to give up on something that I had loved uh, to do all my life um, I've pretty much almost always had motorcycles but uh, not anymore so I, I think that uh, the the thought process to give up driving um, is a very personal one, and it has long-lasting effects. Um, it's not uh, it's not the best feeling in the world to know that you just can't just walk out, throw the key in the ignition, and uh, rock and roll wherever you want to go and do whatever you want to do. But the reality is that. Um, you're not only am I putting myself in uh, danger, but I'm putting everybody else that's on the road out there with me in danger as well. And um, I think we're kind of at a point where we're realizing that that's just not something that we want to that we want to keep pursuing. Uh, it's uh, this is probably one of the most difficult decisions that. Um, that I will have to make. Um, but uh, in the interest of my own safety and the safety of everyone else that's on the road with me, I think that, um, that that's one of the times, this is one of the things that I need to take serious consideration with. Um, so if you are still driving... I, I hope that you're, you're, you're thinking about all of the ramifications of that because um, I doubt that a lot of you know this. I don't know where, if there's any statistics out there, I'd have to do some digging as to um, how your reaction time is affected by dementia, but... Uh, I do know that uh, when I was teaching distracted driving and defensive driving, one of the things that used to surprise a lot of people is that when you have been awake for 20 hours or so and you're still behind the wheel of an automobile, you are as impaired as someone that's, dri that's uh, driving with a blood alcohol uh, level of uh, 0.8, which is... Um, that's the legal limit in most states. And, um, I just, uh, well, I'm, I'm curious as to, uh, if I can find any statistic out there on, um, on, uh, reaction times with, uh, regards to, uh, dementia, uh, just to see whether or not there's, uh, there's any real, uh, real hard data out there, but that, uh, um, 
that's something I'll have to look for. Uh, I've been not been able to find any um, any hard data that uh, that shows the slowing of reaction time, but it's it's a proven fact that as we age, our reaction time slows. And um, you know, what interesting thing is that that young younger drivers may have um, faster reaction times, but they don't have the experience that we have when we get a little older. As we get older, we have more life experiences and more experience with handling uh, some of the uh, rigors of things that can happen on the road. Uh, but I think that one of the things that I think happens here with this Louis body is that you don't know what you're going to have from one day to the next, and you don't know uh, what uh, what is going to uh, to bring up. And I know for me, um, I know that later in the day, later in the afternoon, as I get a little more tired, I get the, that um, that sundowning effect that where things get a little worse later in the evening. Um, I, I was just looking at a, uh, at a website, uh, on, uh, online here and, uh, there's, uh, they have some strategies here to help someone who shouldn't be driving, um, arrange an intervention. Okay. Change the car locks. Well, you better have plenty of money. Disable or move car. Um, ensure appropriate alternative transportation. Now, that's probably a good idea. Um, file down the ignition key. Well, if you do that, nobody's starting a car. Um, the thing here says inform the patient of financial risks um, um, if they continue to drive with a... Uh, with a um, impairment due to their uh, diagnosed dementia. Uh, it says here to move patient to assisted living. I don't necessarily agree with that. Just because I can't drive doesn't mean I need to be in a uh, care facility. Um, there's uh, one uh, piece that I read here that it was like uh, your physicians uh, should be able to step in. And I think they're kind of reluctant to do that, if you want to know the truth, because uh end of the, the day, a lot of them are not as familiar with Louis body as what we would like for them to be. Uh, and so I don't know that that's necessarily the, the best resort. All I can say is that if you're still driving, um, maybe you get your loved ones to kind of help you to assess that ability. And if you're like the one woman who uh, continues to drive because she doesn't want to give up her independence and has come home with dents in the car that she doesn't know how they got there, um, and you're transporting other people, you're putting a lot of people's lives at risk. And uh, that's, uh, I think, certainly... Um, with coming home with dents that you can't explain and things, that, was, that should be a red flag right there.
And as I mentioned earlier, there was a gentleman that said, when your loved ones tell you you need to give up driving, that's probably a good sign that that's what you need to do. So um, it's, um, it's a very personal decision, and I think that, that you just have to realize, if you can, when it's time to say enough. And uh, for me, that's coming sooner than later. And I know that it's just going to be a huge blow to my independence. Um, and I expect that that's the way it is for anyone that has to give it up. However, as I said, I don't ever want to be responsible for uh, harming someone or taking someone's life because I was too bullheaded to uh, give up that right. Um, so um, please give it some thought and uh, hopefully uh, um, you can come to a very safe uh, conclusion. Remember, folks, that we are 100% voluntarily uh, funded by our listeners. So please go to the link and at the bottom of your uh, of your favorite podcast uh, provider, and you'll find a link there that says uh, support the show, or you can find us on uh, GoFundMe under Living with Louis Podcast. Um, and every dollar counts, uh, and every dollar helps. So please uh, take a minute and uh, go in and uh, and support the show. We, we certainly would appreciate it. Uh, the only thing we try to do is cover our operating costs and equipment maintenance costs. So uh, we thank you and have a great day. We'd like to thank you for joining us for this edition of Living with Louie. 